it proves that sometimes the Lord puts people in our path that need our help, but it was also in order to bring about a blessing in our own life. Welcome to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur, business owner, and spiritual life coach. Bobby and his brother Glenn own Alliance Sports Group, a collection of hardware and sports product lines, including Nebo tools and flashlights, sold in over 40,000 retail stores across America. Bobby would like your feedback. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at onthebrightside.org. Now, Get ready for On the Bright Side with Bobby. But first I want to tell you about Archie and Frank. Archie and Frank were best friends, but they had a standing disagreement. Archie believed that Jesus was white, and Frank insisted Jesus was black. For years they argued about it, and as fate would have it, they both died on the same day and found themselves at the pearly gates. They couldn't wait to have the issue settled, so they ran up to St. Peter We've got to know, is Jesus white or is he black? Peter says, well, here he comes. Why don't you ask him yourself? And there was Jesus who walked right up to greet them by saying, Buenos dias. And believe it or not, that joke goes over real real well in Mexico. (laughs) Okay, well, we all know the story of the Good Samaritan. But while reading it this week, I discovered that Jesus revealed the parable as a result of a young lawyer asking him the question, Lord, what must I do to, to inherit eternal life? So based on that, I determined that this parable deserved a closer examination. And I found it's interesting that the parable reveals three distinct and different attitudes that motivate people today just as easy as it did then. As it did, did then. The first attitude is that of the robbers, and that is, what's yours is mine. When the man traveling fell into the hands of robbers who beat him and left him helpless beside the road, There are people in the world today who are resentful of what others have, and they'll cross the line of decency to get it. And we know this. The second attitude is, what's mine is mine. When the priest and the Levite saw that the man was hurt, they crossed to the other side and chose to do nothing. They chose to just mind their own business. And this is the most dangerous attitude, because even us Christians can be guilty of being selective to who and when we want to give our resources to come to someone's aid. The third attitude shown in the parable is what's mine is yours. And here is where the Samaritan comes upon the man and has pity on him. And he treats his wounds and he takes him to safety. And this is the right attitude that Jesus was focused on. Years ago, my brother Glenn and I traveled to Chicago in the dead of winter for a trade show. And one morning during a blizzard, Glenn was pulling the car out of the hotel parking lot when he saw a stranger standing on the corner, obviously cold and unsuccessful in getting a cab. Without thinking much about it, Glenn pulled over and offered the man a ride in the direction he was going. The man was very thankful and also was attending the trade show. So on the ride to the convention center, this man learns of our business. And because of his background... 
he offered some advice that led to a remarkable improvement to the productivity of our factory that actually doubled our profitability. So while Glenn's act of kindness had no motive other than to help the man, it proves that sometimes the Lord puts people in our path that need our help, but it was also in order to bring about a blessing in our own life. Well, that seems like a random act of kindness, and random act of kindness are good. But the problem with that statement is that kindness really shouldn't be random. Genuine kindness is what we're looking for. And genuine kindness is the attitude that says, what's mine is yours. One of the sobering things about Jesus' parables is that while you get revelation on what it takes to see the kingdom of heaven, you also get insight on what won't get you there. And the attitude of what's yours is mine and what's mine is mine are two attitudes that won't get you there. When Jesus was finished with the parable, he asked the young lawyer, which of the three was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robbers? And the lawyer said, the one who had mercy on him. Then Jesus said, go and do likewise. The man who lives believing what's mine is yours. He knows that what belongs to him belongs to God. And everything that belongs to us is meant to be shared. And that's why the parable of the Good Samaritan is more than a story, but a warning of wrong attitudes to avoid and a description of who God wants to spend eternity with. Have you ever heard the phrase, the squeaky wheel gets the grease? Well, this saying also has a profound spiritual meaning. Stay tuned to hear how persistence gets God's attention. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. What's less than two inches big, fully rechargeable, and comes in three sporty colors? It's Nebo Tools Micro Pocket Light. Impossibly bright and unbelievably small, the Micro features six unique light modes, including the 400-lumen turbo mode and three LED color lighting options, red, green, and white light, to accommodate any situation. The Micro is small enough to conceal in your hand or fit on your key ring. This powerful pocket light even comes with a stainless steel necklace chain to keep this light with you wherever you go. Choose red, black, or silver to match your personal style. Find Nebo Tools intensely bright lights and flashlights, including the tiny yet powerful micro pocket light at batteries plus bulbs outlets in hardware stores everywhere and online at NeboTools.com. That's N-E-B-O-Tools.com. Use the promo code Christian Radio and receive a 10% discount on your order at work, home, or play. For the ultimate in flashlights, let Nebo light your way. And now back to On the Bright Side as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith. Have you ever heard the phrase, the squeaky wheel gets the grease? I I figured you had. Well, there are lots of examples of what this saying can mean in our everyday life. For instance, in, in our business, we refer to the squeaky wheel getting the grease in our collections department. Because as you know, when, some people, uh, when you send some people a bill, they don't always pay it on time. <clears throat> so, I mean, for lots of reasons, but we've learned over the years that the most important component to collecting what is owed 
is to just make your request for a payment often. Make it frequent and be very consistent. So we found when you squeak often, you get results. So I know you understand the concept, but you may not realize that the squeaky wheel concept is also a kingdom principle. And I'm going to explain that. It's a kingdom principle related to what kind of faith that we have. And to remind you of it, I have to tell you a story about a man named Bart. Actually, his name was Bartimaeus. We know everybody called him Bart. So it seems that when Jesus left Jerusalem one time and headed toward Jericho, a large crowd followed him. And during the trip along the road was Bart. And Bart was a beggar because he was also blind. Well, when he heard the crowd approaching and he learned that Jesus was among them, Bartimaeus got excited. He yelled at the top of his voice, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Well, the leaders of this horde of people coming down rebuked him. They told him to shut up. And Bartimaeus felt his window of opportunity closing. So what did he do? He ignored them. He yelled even louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus heard him above the noise, and he stopped. He asked Bartimaeus, what do you want from me? And Bart said, Lord, I want to see. Jesus said, receive your sight now. Your faith has healed you. Now, this story is told in several of the Gospels. But in Luke, in the very same chapter as this story of Bartimaeus, Jesus tells another story, a parable, about a persistent widow who felt like she had been, uh, was not receiving justice. So while she was being very annoying, she was so persistent that she still got results. And this is what Jesus said about it. He said, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? You see, the Lord was showing us by his teaching and by a real life event that there is a difference between believing and in results-oriented faith. He could just as easily have called this lesson the parable of the squeaky wheel. Because the Lord says, pray. Pray. Keep praying. Don't give up. Keep coming at me. I will hear you, and I will reward you for your persistence. You know something? I think Bartimaeus is a hero of the faith. You know why? Because he cried out to God. Because he didn't shut up when they told him to. 
Because he's a central figure in a major God principle about faith. He's a hero because when Jesus showed up, he stopped begging for a handout and he started begging for healing. You know, I don't know about any of you, but over too many years, much to my own regret, I sat over there on the fourth row and was blessed by the worship and inspired by the message every Sunday. I knew I was saved and a believer. And I thought it was enough. I never put my faith to action. I never cried out to God to intervene in my life like Bartimaeus. Never persisted. Never chased God like that. Well, fortunately, for me, God's grace is amazing. And patient. But I know that whatever you are dealing with out there today, Jesus is the answer for you. You have a problem, He can solve it. You have a conflict, He can resolve it. You have hurt, He can heal it. You have stress, He can calm it. You have loss, He can restore it. You have doubt, He can destroy it. You have sin. He can forgive it. Whatever your situation is, Jesus is the answer, but believing is just the beginning of faith. You see, faith can be humble and receptive, but faith is not timid. Faith is bold. Faith is active. And sometimes, faith is loud. Because even if Bartimaeus believed, if he didn't cry out to the Lord and keep doing it, the Lord might have walked right by a blind beggar that day. So we have to keep praying. We have to keep crying out. We have to keep trusting the Lord. We have to keep being the squeaky wheel. Because that's when we can look forward to hearing the voice of the Lord say to us, your faith has made you whole. What are the windows of heaven? Up next, learn why God promised to open the windows of heaven over you to pour out his blessings. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. I love the intense brightness and durability of Nebo Tools flashlights. Listen, my neighbor lost his keys, and I asked if he had checked on the seat of his car. He had, but I handed him my Nebo Tools second-generation Slide King flashlight, then I told him to look again. He found the keys. My neighbor was impressed. This flashlight is so bright, I want one of these, he says. So I ordered him Nebo Tools second-generation Slide King flashlight. An amazing high-power 500-lumen flashlight, chips-on-board work light, red light, and red hazard flasher. It's equipped with programmable memory settings for each light mode, has four times adjustable zoom, and it's rechargeable. Find Nebo Tools intensely bright lights and flashlights, including the powerful rechargeable second-generation Slide King flashlight at batteries plus bulbs outlets, in hardware stores everywhere, and online at NeboTools.com. That's N-E-B-O-Tools.com. Use the promo code Christian Radio and receive a 10% discount on your order at work, home, or play. For the ultimate in flashlights, let Nebo light your way. 
We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on the Bright Side. I want to talk about the power of tithing. And I want to start by sharing a familiar scripture with you that I've quoted you many times before. Here it is in the King James. You don't have to read it. I'll read it for you. Here we go. Here we go. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Amen. Well, like I said, I've used this scripture many times in almost every translation. And I have because it's a great encouragement for the act of tithing. But this week, uh, while on vacation with my family, we had a discussion that led us back to Malachi and this verse of Scripture. And for the first time, the phrase, windows of heaven, just jumped out at me. And I had to step back and I had to ponder on why God would use this way of saying how much he would bless us if we would tithe in obedience. Why would he say he would open the windows of heaven to pour us out a blessing? Well, by doing a little research, I discovered that the only other time, at least that I could find, that that exact way of describing something was way back in Genesis when the word says, in the 600th year of Noah's life, on that day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and... The windows of heaven were opened, and it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. So I'm thinking, wait a minute. The most significant, supernatural God moment in thousands of years up to that time, the great flood that destroyed mankind but for Noah and his family, That event was an open heaven's window and pour out enough rain to destroy the earth kind of event. And now, the only other time God talks about opening heaven's windows is to describe the kind of blessings he will pour out on you and me because of our obedience and tithing. You see, in Noah's time, God actually opened up the windows of heaven and poured down rain for 40 days and nights. And in Malachi, he tells us that he will open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on us. And when the great flood came, the earth couldn't handle it. And when we tithe, the Lord says there in Malachi, he will pour out so much blessing that we can't handle it. Have you ever wondered what it is about the promises of God that causes us to be selective in what we want to believe and actually receive into our life? I mean, almost all of us are going to grab hold of John 3, 16. We throw all our faith at that word as well we should. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16 is a promise that engages us. It induces us to action. Whosoever believeth, that's you. You have to believe. 
to receive the gift of everlasting life. Well, Malachi 3.10 is the same way. God is trying to help us by giving us a promise to engage us to extract the enormous benefit of being one of his children. And it's simply to exercise the discipline of tithing in our life. You know, many people are very cynical when it comes to scriptures like Malachi 3.10. They want to believe it, but it's just too easy to let it be about church or some ministry using God's word to get money out of people. But it's really important to remember that God's ways are not our ways. And he's made it crystal clear many times in the word that when we honor him first with our money, and we prove that we love him more than our money. That we can communicate with him on a different level. And tithing is the method he chose where we can tangibly do something to demonstrate our love and our trust in God. I'm so very convinced today that God wants to bless us and see us prosper and have every good thing in life. And I also know he wants to teach us. And he wants to strengthen our faith in trials by fire. And I believe that if you are struggling in any area of your life today, and you are not tithing consistently, that it's not necessarily a reason that you're struggling. But if you begin worshiping God by the discipline of tithing, I believe God's promise to open up the very windows of heaven and pour out his blessings on you will become the testimony of your life. Thank you for listening to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur and business owner. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at onthebrightside.org or join the discussion on Facebook. You can also call 847-312-8197. This show is brought to you by Nebo Tools. Nebo Tools, N-E-B-O, is the maker of intensely bright lights and flashlights. Relied on by emergency professionals across America. Trusted by many at work, home, or play. Let Nebo light your way. Learn more about Nebo Tools at onthebrightside.org or call 847-312-8197. Pregnant, single, alone. Where does a young woman in this situation turn to for help? Embrace Grace. Does your church stand in the gap for young pregnant women in need of love and support? Embrace Grace. How can a congregation be both pro-life and pro-love? Embrace Grace. Embrace Grace responds with love to women in an unplanned pregnancy. Embrace Grace reaches out with kindness and acceptance and without judgment. Nearly 500 churches offer Embrace Grace, a gospel-centered program designed to help single pregnant moms let go of past hurts and wounds and prepare them spiritually, emotionally, and practically for motherhood. Embrace Grace paves the way for young single women to become spiritually and emotionally healthy parents. Visit EmbraceGrace.com or call 817-755-8484 to learn how your church can embrace grace. That's EmbraceGrace.com. 
or call 817-755-8484.